take our Bible, make a declaration, and say, this is my Bible. It's the Word of God. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. And I can have what it says I can have. My heart's open. My mind's receptive to receive the Word of God for me today. Amen. You would have seen it on the announcements, but don't forget we're here on Wednesday night in the coffee bar. In part two of the power of the heart of God. If you're here for the first part, uh, you can add to what you did, what we did that night. If you didn't come first first night last Wednesday week, um, come this week and you catch up a little bit. And uh, it's powerful. Uh, we had a great time, and it's going to be good this Wednesday night. We're talking about being rooted. Um, You know, roots are so important to us. You know, we'll all talk about roots and our roots and someone else's roots and identify people and blame people's roots and blame our roots. Uh, But we are rooted. Uh, But, you know, when we get saved as as a Christian, when we get saved, our root system changes. And what feeds our root system needs to change too. Because, you know, we can, we can have a root system of, of, that can be good, but we may not, don't necessarily feed it with good stuff. Do you hear what I'm saying? I want to read from Colossians chapter 2 and verse 6 through 10 where it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord. He's talking to believers. You know, something changes when you receive Jesus Christ. It's not just a prayer we pray, a walk we take to an altar, our salvation experience. Something changes. In us. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him. See, when you get born again of the Spirit of God, you start walking differently. That may take a little, not talking about the way you walk down the street, for goodness sake. (laughs) I'm talking about the way we walk out our life. How we go through life. We, we, it should change the way we walk, but there's a lot of old stuff in us that was there before we got saved that didn't disappear. And so sometimes we still walk like we used to walk. And we talk like we used to talk. Because the Bible speaks about us working out our salvation with fear and trembling. So it's a journey we begin on. Although positionally we are born again, uh, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, how we live our life and what's going on around us is all very much the same. So we're still walking around in the same body. We've still got the same face. You know, just because if you were grumpy before you got saved, you could still be grumpy when you get saved. There's a choice you make. Hello? I was speaking to somebody this week, I think it was, and he, was, he, he plays in a worship band in a church. And I don't know how long he's been saved. I thought he'd been saved longer than how he talked. <laughs> if you get my drift. He's talking about, he talked about a song or a band or something. Have you heard this song? Have you heard this band? And he says, they are 
<laughs> and he used a swear word to say they were something good. And he used that stuff, and I thought, okay. There's still a lot of, there's still a lot of, who, lot of who he used to be inside of who he is now. And that's something, that's something we make a choice to work through. So as you therefore have received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk in him. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As you therefore have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to the traditions of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and powers. He he says, beware lest anyone, you're born again of the Spirit of God. You know, you need to be walking differently. You need to be rooted and grounded in who he is and built up in him, established in the faith. Establishing in the faith says, as you have been taught. See, sometimes we need, we need a bit of teaching and a bit of instruction to get ourselves established in the faith. So if we, never, if we get saved never hang around church and around church people, we're not going to receive a lot of uh, information which becomes revelation to establish us in who we are now as a, as a believer. You see, sometimes we, we, we get saved and people will come along, but beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit. Sometimes there's people who will come along and they'll tell you a load of baloney. Absolute baloney. Well, I don't know what baloney is, but it's rubbish. That they'll talk to you and they'll tell you and convince you that some way maybe your living is okay. Some way you're talking is okay. And they make a sound. Maybe it's because they, they're, they're living that way and they don't, they don't want to renew their mind. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 says, Therefore, you know, do not <laughs> be conformed to this world, but be transformed by renewing your mind that you may know what is the good, perfect, and acceptable will of Christ Jesus, of who you are in Christ. So he's saying, come beware of those who talk to you a load of rubbish. Because you'll end up believing them, thinking it's okay, And it may not match up with the word of God. It may not establish you in any faith whatsoever. Just a load of weak roots. You know, incorrect nutrients. They're not going to cause you to be who Christ has saved you to be. Who he, what he invested in you to become. His death on the cross. And so we can learn a lot from roots. Roots are foundational to anything that is growing. See, a building is foundations, but put into the ground before anything is built, isn't it? And they're put into the ground based on the plans of that building uh, to sustain that building, to hold that building up. And once, once those foundations are laid, they are not added to. Unless maybe you want to add to that building and some may, maybe the foundations aren't sufficient because they weren't 
they were only established and put in the ground to sustain that particular building at that particular height and those particular stress levels. And so, you know, you may have to, if you want to add to it, you've got to go down and, and, and strengthen the foundations, underpin them or whatever, to, to do something. But generally speaking, foundations are there and they don't change. See, you see, you can't add to Jesus, can you? <laughs> In 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 11 it says, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. But roots are different because roots, you know, roots uh, are different because trees or plants, they are continually growing. They're growing, they're growing, they're growing. They start off very small, and so this plant is small, the roots are small. The root grows, the plant grows. The plant grows, the root grows. It's continually growing. And God has a great vision and a purpose for your life to grow. He doesn't want you, has no intention of you staying the same. He has a plan and a purpose for you when you get saved to fulfill his plan for your life, which is far greater than you can ever imagine. It's vast. Any way you can think, God can think bigger. Now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly beyond what we can ever think or ask according to the power which is working within us. And so roots are different. And the, the Bible says that trees flourish when they are planted because when they're planted, those roots will develop and those roots will grow and they'll draw nutrients from the environment in which they're in. Psalm, Psalm 1 and verse 1. Through three says, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. So those who are giving you, those who are telling you you can live one particular way and it's okay. Now don't let so-called godly people speak ungodly to you. Just because someone says, or you think that you assume someone's godly, doesn't mean say they're going to speak godly to you. So blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a plant or tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Now God's plan for our life is to what we put our hand to prospers. And if that's what it says in his word, it doesn't just mean it's going to happen, just because it says it there. It only happens when we, when we engage in, in what comes before that and what his, the conditions on which that is declared. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor stands in the path of the sinners, nor sits in the seats of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. When we do that, you see, when we do that, when we put our roots down and we draw nutrients from the surrounding soil, which is soil which he is providing for us and makes available to us, the Bible says, and whatever he does will prosper. See, most believers, most individuals have a desire to prosper. I never knew that word was in the Bible when I was growing up. I thought it was a sin word, a bad word. You know, that believers shouldn't prosper. You shouldn't be okay. But it says in John there, you know, you know, pray that we may prosper in all things, even as our soul prospers. Psalm 92 and verse 13 through 14 says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord 
shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh. Woo! In old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. Isn't that cool? Right up until the very last breath you take, you can still be fresh and flourishing. See, God's desire is for you to grow into the full potential he has planned for you. That's his desire, for you to grow into that full potential. He, he didn't hang on a cross for you, give his life for you, so that you could just stay the same in the way you are. Way you are. He gave his life for you to have an abundant life. You, you know the word says, doesn't it, in John chapter 10 and verse 10, you know, the thief's purpose is to come steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, my purpose is to give you a rich and a satisfying life. When, we, when, we, when, we, when our life doesn't feel like it's rich and satisfying, and I know sometimes we go through seasons when those sort of things happen and we have things happen to us and we, sometimes we question it, but that is not God's plan for your life. Uh, it may be Friday, but Sunday's just around the corner. Yeah. Amen? And, and, you, and, and if you're going through those sort of times, then what do you do? You, know, you plant yourself in the house of the Lord with a place where you will flourish in the courts of our God and you still bear fruit in old age and you should be fresh and flourishing. See, even, in, even into old age, the Bible says that we are still to be fruitful and we are still to flourish. Even into old age. I know someone at the moment has just done a series on aging well. You know, not everybody ages well, do they? Amen. Some people get all crinkly and wrinkly. And not just physically. Amen. Come on. You can be wrinkly on the inside, but smooth on the outside. You can look happy on the outside, but grumpy on the inside. You mean grumpy on the outside, life's looking on the inside. Yeah, come on. You know, even in the old age, the Bible says you shall be fresh and flourishing, but on the condition that you plant yourself in the house of God. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes people think church is this place where just old people go and hang out. So they no longer hang out. <laughs> as believers church we are always growing even in our old age so if we are always to be bearing fruits come on, if we're still to be bearing fruit in our old age still to be flourishing in our old age then surely we've got to still be working on our roots because you're not going to get any fruits if there's no roots and so all through your life as a believer, you're going to be, have to be working on your root system. See, everyone has roots, don't we? You know, a fam- how many of you have ever looked at your family tree? Your family tree starts somewhere. And you go back and you go back and you go back and you're trying to find roots. And people, people get into that sometimes. They're look, really looking back into their ancestry uh, because we recognize that we all have roots. You know, sometimes you get back and you think, whoa, don't want to go any further than that. 
Or sometimes you look at the roots and you go, whoa, let's stir that up a little bit. Let's find out a little bit about what went on there. What did they do? How did they get to that? What happened there? Well, I'm part of that. And so we're interested in, in roots. You'll hear, you'll hear people say that they are, they are like they are because their parents or their grandparents were that way. And an apple never falls far from the tree. So the roots, that, 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 that root system is, is significant to us, is foundational to us. You know, you, you, you may have roots, and you may have good roots, but are they God roots? See, a lot of stuff is, is good, but it's, never, it's not God's. Now, if stuff's, if stuff's going to be, stuff, is, stuff which is God is good, but not all that is good is God. But it's only, it's only the God roots that will produce spiritual fruit, that fruit which remains. You know, Jesus said in John chapter 15 and verse 6, he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain and that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. So he's saying, you know, you, you, I chose you. That you. The purpose for me choosing you that was, is that you go and bear fruit. Fruit that remains. So fruit that remains reproduces more fruits. Church, there's more of you coming after you. <laughs> there's more of you coming after you. <laughs> there's going to be some more people looking like you. There's going to be some more people acting like you. He's looking for fruit. So the fruit that we produce should be fruit that remains, it will be fruit that remains, you know, it's going to remain whatever. So let's be sure that the fruit remain, that remains is good fruits. And that in turn produces good fruits. Hello. And we have to purposefully work on our roots to ensure that the fruit that remains is good fruits. See, when we get saved, we become a new creation. We are in Christ, and we have a totally new identity. We have a new identity. When you meet somebody for the first time, the first thing we normally refer to is, you know, when we start talking, getting to know someone is, what do you do? Because that somehow seems to give us all an identity. But how about finding out who we are? Because that is really what our true identity is, who we are. We take on a new identity. We become in Christ. We become believers. We become this new creation in Christ Jesus. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And on, so on the outside, we're still the same. But now we have this new life source feeding those roots. And the nutrients that we've been feeding our roots lead to death, or have been feeding them lead to death. Because if we're not born again, we're dead. So the nutrients that have been feeding our roots lead to death. But now we have a new life source with new nutrients that leads to life. 
See, we've been grafted into a new root system that needs to be fed with the nutrients that lead to life and produce strong fruit bearing believers. We're a new creation. We've been grafted in to this, to this new root system. See, sometimes we forget that we have roots that will tr- produce everything needed for a life of abundance. We've got it. We've got that root system. Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it in all its fullness. Have it in abundance. Have a rich and a satisfying life. That's what he came for. Everything is within us. Everything is there. Everything is available to us for us to draw from to receive everything he has for us. So there's no need for us to hang around depressed. No need for us to hang around continually you know, uh, upset. No need for us to hang around continually grumpy. No, no need for us to hang around continually never achieving what he has made available to us. Because he's put everything in it for us as believers. See, when God met with a, a pretty old discouraged Moses. He was 80 years old when God met with him. Suzanne's already mentioned from Exodus 33 how he he was seeking the presence of God. But when God met with him, he's a man who who had such purpose in life, born for such a time as this, was, was protected as a child because he was so significant to the plans and purposes of God's. And yet he finds himself in the year at 80 years old, discouraged, you know, disgruntled, you know, working for his father-in-law, just going through the, the, the motions of life. He's in the backside of the desert, far from his calling. Far from what he came to, into this world for. Far from what he was protected in those bulrushes. For. He's in the backside of the desert. And God, God meets with him, and he's and he, and in that burning bush experience when the burst bush starts to burn, and, 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 and he hears God speak to him from that bush and bring instruction to him and call him by name and, and starts to declare to him the things that are going to take place. And, and he reminds him of who he is, and he reminds him of, who, of where his roots are. Sometimes when when, when things are going tough for us, when things are being challenging for us, and we feel far from God, we need a reminder of where our roots are. Then he said, do not draw near to this place. Take off your sandals off your feet, for the place where you are standing is is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the Lord, I am the God of your father. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. I'm the God, I'm your God. I'm the God of your, of, of your father, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've established some roots. You, 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 you're, you, you just need to know, remember who you are. Someone's church, we just need to remember who we are. You know, sometimes when things go tough and things get challenging and we feel far from God, far from his purpose, far from his plan, and, and even someone's even out of the will of God because of some stuff we've done. He, he, he was there because he was running from, because he was, <laughs> he'd murdered somebody. Thought he was doing the right thing, but it was the wrong thing. 
He was running from God and he ran so far and he gets to the backside of the desert there and he ends up feeding sheep and looking after sheep and they weren't even his own sheep, they were his father-in-law's sheep. And he's 80 years old. Imagine 40 years just, just doing, just looking at sheep. And he would have smelled like sheep. And God, God hears and responds because God said, I, I hear them crying in Egypt. I hear them crying. I hear what they're going through. I, they, they are my children. I, uh, they, have, they, have, they have a God who is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're people with purpose. And yet they've been, they're in captivity and they've been there some 400 years before they ever eventually got out of there. They've been into captivity and they just groaning and complaining and bitter and just miserable. And God hears their voice, hears their cry. And of course, God responds. You need to know that God responds to your cry. God responds to your sincere cry. He hears your cry and he's attentive to you. And he hears the cry. And of course, you know the story how they come out of Egypt. And that whole generation of the children of Israel never entered into the promised land. Because one of the things they did, they mixed up their roots. They, 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 in, 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 when things got tough in the wilderness, instead of remembering who they were. And who their God was, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, who had given them some roots. They started thinking about what it was like back in Egypt. They complained about it so much, but they got complacent and they got used to it and it was comfortable and they knew what was coming next and it was just everything was seen to be okay for them. It was tough and it was hard, but at least they were living life and they weren't just out in the desert eating manna every day with the same shoes on and the same fashion. They never entered in because they mixed their roots they say, oh, it was better where we were. How can you be so stupid? How can you be so stupid when your God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? If, you, if we read a little bit further down from where Suzanne was reading this morning, and when uh, then the Lord said to Moses, depart and go to the, up from here, you and the people whom you have brought out of the land of Egypt, the land in which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and to your descendants I will give it. And they're on the, on the way to it and they're still complaining. Because it's not quite as they're expected. Because they're mixing their roots. See, from Numbers chapter 13, 13 on, they mix their roots. And what they... What they fed them with and mixed, out, mixed, up, in God's, mixed up God's purpose for them. See, when they went in in Numbers chapter 13, they went out to spy the land, and, and 12 spies went in. You know the story how 12 spies went in, and only two of those spies, Joshua and Caleb, said, you know, we can do this. Our God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's spoken a word to us. The other 10 looked at, the, looked at what they saw, and they said, it's very nice, but there's no way we can take this, because we are just giant, they are giants in their own sight, and, and they are in ours. So they brought back, the Bible says, a bad report. Church, don't listen to people who bring back a bad report. 
Don't listen to the naysayers who say, nah, that's too hard. That's too difficult. It's okay in that climate. It's okay in that culture. You know, God can do it over there. You know, we're not in that now. You know, we have what we need. We don't need the God to do that sort of thing for us. Yes, we do. We need revival in our city, in our country. Oh, we like why it is. It's just okay the way it is. No, from that time, from Numbers chapter 13, when they came back and gave that bad report, and Joshua and Caleb said, No, we're well able. They were overcome by the multitude. The, the ten voted out the two. And of course, they went with the majority. I mean, when they get to Joshua chapter 1, of course, we know that generation is gone. and and wiped out because of their disbelief and their grumbling and their complaining. God says to Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, he says, come on, you need to emphasize the importance of your roots. Be strong and be very courageous for the Lord your God is with you. Do not let this word of the Lord depart from your mouth that you may meditate on day and night that you may... All may go well with you, and you may have good success. And three times says, be strong and very courageous. Remember who you are. Remember your roots. Start developing those roots with the people. You know, forget what's been said, all those naysayers who complained and criticized, all that stuff that was going on back then. You know, come on, you, know, you, you are a new generation. You know, we're going into the promised land. I promised this to you 40 years ago, and they, now you still not got it. But today's your day. And right now is your moment. And so God has to emphasize the importance of feeding on his roots. See, God knew that the experience of the wilderness could produce a bunch of twisted and entangled roots. The experiences they went to. And church, much of the church, much of the body of Christ lives a wilderness experience as a believer. Never entering into everything God has for us. Never entering in and receiving everything he made available to us when when he hung on the cross. And we live this life, we, you know, we're okay, but we're not okay. We're getting through, but we're just going, only just about getting through. Everything is fine. We can, manage, we can manage most of this stuff on our own. We don't need God. And so we just go through a wilderness experience. And many people, the whole generation goes on, and they never receive what God has for them. I, I tell you, so many believers die not having fulfilled God's purpose and God's plan for them in their life to bear fruit and to remain. That, that remains. See, it's not difficult to live as a wilderness Christian and never enter into all that God has for you. It's not difficult to live as a wilderness Christian. They, they, they were okay. They had enough food. God provided for them. God's a provider. That's what he does. He wasn't going to let them go without. They just weren't going to enter everything they, he, he, he made available to them. They were only ever going to wear Primark, but that was okay. <laughs> Let's get off that quick. <laughs> it was okay. And many Christians just live out a life that's okay. Just getting by. Just getting through. It's okay. But God has more than okay for you. I, I came, Jesus said, that you may have life 
have life. Okay, life's okay. The wilderness life was okay. But he says, I came in my life and have it in abundance. Or in all its fullness. Or have a rich and a satisfying life. He doesn't say you go, that you have a life without its, without its challenges. He says you can have a rich and a satisfying life. You can have a rich and a satisfying life with a lot of challenges. Because greater is he who is in you than he who is in this world. Roots can, roots can get twisted and then get entangled and then get missing. When we start mixing things, God speaks a lot about mixing stuff. And how the, you know, we, we shouldn't mix these things and we shouldn't mix those things. So we can't mix our roots. We have to recognize that our roots are in Christ Jesus. And that's what we build up. That's what we build up. You see, we, but in the wilderness experience, we can start building up all sorts of other roots. You know, they can build up roots of bitterness. They can build up roots of anger. Unless we deal with those roots and feed them with the nutrients that God makes available to us, they, they, they're going to overcome us and they're going to influence us and we'll get fruits of anger and fruits of bitterness. So many people are bitter because their parents were bitter. So many people are angry because their parents were angry. Now you can build up roots of resentment. You can build up roots of average. Well, that's okay. That's, everybody's... Everybody else is like that. That's not a problem. No, no. God wants you to succeed. He wants, you to, he wants to bless you. He wants you to live the rich and the satisfying life. You can re- build up roots of complacency. See, all those roots will produce fruit of some sort. They'll produce fruit of some sort. That's not the fruit of a believer. That shouldn't be the fruit of somebody who's is a new creation in Christ Jesus. It's a fruit of so. It should be a, the fruit of who we are in Christ should look like Christ. It should smell like Christ. It should taste like Christ. When people look at us and they see the fruitfulness of our life, which is our daily life, it should smell like Christ. It should look like Jesus, because as He is, Jesus says, "As I am, so are you in this world." Jesus didn't go around with bitterness. He didn't go around with anger. He didn't go around with resentment. He went around bearing fruits of righteousness. And they come from the roots. So God eventually allowed the children of Israel to enter into their inheritance and enjoy the land. But not until they cleaned up the roots. Because you can't go into this promised land and take it with, with, with the old thought pattern. When he, when, he, when he commissioned them and positioned them to go across in, into the promised land, he said, you have never been this way before. See, sometimes we, t- we try and take some, some of the old stuff with us into our new life. We try to draw from some of our old roots and get fruits and, and try and expect fruits from the new life from our old roots. So, so, so they, they crossed over. 
but they had to clean up the roots. See, if we, if we examine the fruit of our lives, what do we see? What do we see? What do people see in our lives? If, if you ask, if you ask your, your friends your question, what do you see? If they were honest, they might be pretty ugly. And, you know, they're nice enough not to be honest sometimes. <laughs> Aren't they? But what do people see in our lives? What are we demonstrating? Because we demonstrate what's in our roots. Do we smell like Jesus? Do we look like him? Do we produce life? So when we examine our roots, sort of when we examine the fruit, it's what's in the root. See, fruit that reproduces life of fruit produces fruit that produces life. Fruit that is life is produced by life. So when there's life in the roots, we're going to produce fruitful lives. When we're feeding our lives with the fruit, when we're feeding our roots with nutrients that bring life, it brings life. But if we're just feeding our roots with death, it produces death. And God wants us to be people who produce life because he's put life in us. Church, there's life in you this morning. There's life in your roots. Feed them. Feed them with nutrients. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Those who meditate on the, on the word of God, the Bible says in Joshua chapter 1, meditate on thy word day and night that you may observe to do all that is within it. Then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Meditate on it. Meditate on it. You see, sometimes we just meditate on our, thought, on our thoughts. Our thoughts bombarding us all the time. Our thoughts, you know, you can think. You can think all around the world and back in a second. And you can think on those things and think on those things. And, and, the, and, the, and the Bible says you, you, you're able to meditate on them. But if you meditate on them, they, they produce. So if you've got a lot of negative thoughts in, 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 your, in, in your roots and you meditate on those things, what's going to come? Death. God said to Joshua, when you go into this land, when you come out of where you are, when you remember if you're going to succeed in this new life which I have for you, it's not your old life, that's behind you. If you're going to succeed in this new life I have for you, which, is, which you have new roots, you have a new identity, you're the children of God, you're the sons of... <laughs> your father is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. If you meditate on these things, this book of the law, they didn't have what we have. They didn't have it on their iPhone. They only had what was written, read to them, what was instructed to them. They didn't have what we have. You know, we, have, we are in a, such a position right now. If they could have revival back then, how amazingly we can have revival now. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. They didn't have a huge amount to go on. And I suspect most, a lot of what they heard Word of God, end up Chinese whispers. They probably got it all muddled up. 
But we have the word of God. And Joshua says to them, God says to Joshua, that you may meditate in it day and night. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Don't let the word of God depart from you. And so often we'll have things all around us and we're bombarded with stuff. You know, God wants you to live a satisfying and rich life. He says, don't let this book of the law Depart from your mouth that you may meditate in it day and night, that you may make your way prosperous and you will have good success. God had great things in store for the children of Israel when they crossed over in this promised land that was flowing with milk and honey. Meditate in it day and night that you reserve to do all that is in it. I was just looking for something this morning when we were just in team, and, I, and I, it was almost sort of, it was written by Christians, so it's probably okay. But it just, uh, it just sort of, really just, um, oh dear, this is dangerous. Eight things successful people don't do. But most people do them. Have you seen this? Is it, does it fit? Is it okay? Does it fit? That's fine. Go on, let's go for it. Eight things productive, successful people don't do. You know, Jesus said, God said to the children of Israel, go in to be productive and to be successful. And yet most people do these things. Productive and successful, but don't get sucked into social media. Productive and successful, we don't go through the day without a plan. Productive and successful, we don't go, don't do emotionally draining activities. Oh my Lord Jesus! Productive, successful, we don't worry about things they can't control. Productive, successful, we don't hang out with negative people. Productive, successful people don't dwell on past mistakes. Productive, successful people don't focus on what other people are doing. Productive, successful people don't put themselves last in priority. Oh, don't worry about me. No. Come on. God wants you successful. He wants you productive. That's not a worldly thing. It's a God thing. He came on. He hung on a cross for you. He's put a new root system in you to draw from, so you can be successful and productive. Jesus said, "I came that you may have life." Before he said that, the thief comes for a purpose, and his purpose is to kill, steal, and destroy. He says, "Well, I came with a greater purpose." The enemy wants you to focus on your past. Enemy wants you to focus on that which brings death, and that is feeding a root system with that which produces death. He says, "I came that you may have life and have it." In all its fullness. He has a purpose. God's purpose is for you to live a rich and a satisfying life. Let's stand enough as we close this morning. I want to encourage you. He says, if you are, he says, yeah, in order to do that, you, you know, he didn't, you, we have to engage in that. We doesn't just happen because we're Christian. You know, we have to feed those roots. We have to feed those roots with that which produces life. You may be here this morning and feel like you're, you need to just re- Restore up your, refeed your root system. Apply some nutrients to it. 
you know, separate some stuff out that stop, stop feeding that new root system with old root patterns, with old nutrients, with old life system. We read right from the beginning there how, as you therefore have received Jesus Christ the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith, as you have been taught. Everything is, I tell you, you cannot, don't have to be a Christian very long to get taught some things for you to enable you to live a successful Christian life. We just need to have the, the boldness to pin our ears back, listen and receive. And faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. See, there, there's enough teaching. There's enough resources. There's enough people who, who will get around you. There's enough good churches to get in. There's enough good conferences to go to to get yourself in that place where you're, where you're being taught. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus, Lord, so walk in rooted and built up in Him, established in the faith, as you have been taught. See, not everybody wants to be taught. Because when we get taught, we get challenged. When we get taught, maybe we get some instruction. Some instruction doesn't really sort of quite go with our old root system. It's not very comfortable. Just abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tra tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world, and not according to Christ. God, we need to focus on what we feed our roots with. If you're here this morning, say, I need to adjust the way I feed my roots. Because every eye closed and every hand, maybe just placed on your heart. If you're here this morning, you say, God, you're speaking to me. I thank you for the root system which you have established in me. I, I'm choosing from this day on to feed it with the nutrients of righteousness. To feed it with that which brings life. Maybe you hear this morning you say your roots have been mixed up. It feels like your roots have been mixed up. And you hear this morning you say, I'm, I'm untangling some of those roots. I'm cutting out those old roots and establishing the new roots in who I am. Because I really do want to live this rich and satisfying life. If that's you this morning, I want you to take a bold step. And just come as we finish, finish out the service this morning. Just come and just stand here right in the front. If you want to untangle some roots, take a bold step this morning. Because sometimes we make a decision and we say, well, I'll do that later on. I'll do that in my own quiet time. And yes, that's good. But I tell you, when you make a stand, maybe take a few steps towards the front of a church. That's sort of very public. And it's very decisive. And it's very powerful. So if that's you this morning, so I'm going to untangle some roots because some of my roots, I'm a Christian, I'm born again in the Spirit of God. I love God. I love God. 
but I've got my roots a bit tangled up. I'm trying to produce good, righteous fruits, but from from other roots, but they're good, but they're definitely not God. Maybe God's dealing with your heart this morning. Let's worship God as we close out this morning. If you're here this morning, you've got any other need in your life, maybe you've got sickness in your body, the healer's in the house. The miracle worker's in the house. Just start worshiping God for just for a few moments. His presence is here. Allow the Holy Spirit to just work in you and with you. You made a declaration before we kicked off this morning. Hearts open, our minds are attentive. The Holy Spirit to work in us. Let's worship you. Thank you.